welcome to our Perfecting Potatoes Together podcast brought to you by BASF. My name is Rebecca Dawes and in this year's series we will be travelling across the country to speak to growers, agronomists and independent experts to find out what's happening in the field, in the future and to share some top tips on how to perfect your potatoes. Today I'm chatting to Ed Hodson from Grimmy UK. Ed has held many roles with the company, from supporting the technical sales team for vegetable and irrigation equipment, to the sales operation manager, and is now the project manager and specialist for the potato equipment sector. His role encompasses supporting the sales team with project knowledge and technical detail, but also works on the ground with growers, processors and packers to develop strategic projects such as refining processes and cost reduction. He was involved in implementing the very first potato production system in the UK on a six metre controlled trafficking farming system. And they're now looking at how regenerative agriculture can be implemented into root crop production. During our conversation, we find out a little bit more about some of those projects, how they are working in partnership with PepsiCo and McCain's on the Potato Light project, and a little bit more about his work with the Agricultural Engineers Association. So uh, I'm Ed Hodson. I'm the product specialist, product manager for potato equipment at Grimmie UK. I've been in that role for a number of years, but from my background and leading into the industry, I'm not really from a farming background. So my grandfather farmed, but he retired when I was about two or three years old. So never really had that. My parents were in you know other industries, construction and uh, you know, mum was a stay at home mum until I was about 16. So I didn't have that sort of lead into agriculture. It was only when I became 15, I bought myself an old Ford and Major tractor and thought oh, it'd be a great idea to strip it down and rebuild it and so I did that and that got me interested in engineering particularly agriculture engineering and you know, from that went off to Harper Adams I always knew I wanted to be you know involved with maybe machinery or other things and yeah as so a Harper you know, studied agriculture engineering that led me you know into sort of the route I'm in now started off as a service technician for four years sort of learned my trade and then realized you know I don't want to be laying underneath the machine for the rest of my life and then and Grimmer was the next sort of step for me and he moved into a sales role and, and yeah here I am. And what was it about agriculture that appealed so much um, I mean, I was from quite a rural area anyway. So you look out the windows at school and you could see tractors. And it was nice just to see the machinery. It was, the, it was that outdoors. It was that fact that no day is the same. There's always something. There's always a challenge. My mum was a childminder for a number of years and she childminded the, the daughter of a local farmer. And, and he was the one that offered me a sort of summer job. So really, that was a way in. And I realised, I, I do like this. I like hard work. I like you know leaving home at five in the morning and getting home at 10 at night. I love that adrenaline, that buzz of being out and about. And, and it just sort of the freedom I've never really been too much of an indoors kind of person I don't like I will sit behind the computer and and do what I need to but I'd rather you know be out and about seeing things and I learn with my eyes rather than anything else if I see it I learn it I don't learn it by reading it or, or anything else like that and did you always think arable and horticulture and vegetables would be an area that you wanted to get in or did you ever go on the dark side and look at livestock or was it always this sector uh, it, it was always sort of horticulture and root crops because the area I'm from in sort of southwest Norfolk, you're surrounded by, you've got huge great farms such as G's, you know, with a lot of le- lettuce production. So I saw in celery, I saw that, a lot of potato production. So really there was very, very little livestock uh, at all in the area I'm from. So livestock was never really an option. I felt, uh, you know, and I'll probably get shot for saying it, but a lot of arable farmers always had the reputation of, you know, you you, you work for a few weeks of the year and it's skiing and shooting the rest of the time and, and holidays and that, you know, I wanted to be involved with with root crops because there's always something going on. It's very time critical as well, and that's what I really you know liked about uh, I liked about that industry. 
And then you you went on and you're now working at Grimmy. Tell us how did that transition work and a little bit about Grimmy and, and what they do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so Grimmy's a family-owned business, German-owned business, but we have operating in about 120 countries around the world. The UK business was their first proper daughter company that was set up as a as a retail business. So you know, 30 years old this year, I believe, or next year. So yeah. I've always had involvement with them. So the farm I worked on as a, as a student from 16, 17, 18 years old, I always knew about the business. They're a fantastic business. So I always had an interest in them. So yeah, I mean, Grim is, Grim is a fantastic business. And I love how we're very, very diverse in what we do. We're not just involved with just one one element of it right away from cultivations right way through to harvest and handling and now vegetable equipment as well. So it's a really exciting time. So my my sort of transition sort of coming to Grimmer, so I was a service guy before an irrigation company and I met a load of the Grimmer people at a, a British potato event. Uh, and from there, um, you know, I got a phone call saying, actually, there's an opportunity. We're looking for someone to come and work in the to look after irrigation equipment on the sales and product side as almost like a technical sales. And that was sort of my route into the business. And then as time's gone on, um, you know, roles developed quite a lot and you know, quite a broad, broad um, set of sort of skills needed to do it. But I love the fact that I do a little bit of key account work. And um, you know, working with others in the industry as well. It's a really big focus of mine is trying to bring the industry a little bit closer together. I think we're quite, um, you know, a lot of industries is you, in businesses, you you know your mini sector really, really well. But actually, I want to have an understanding and appreciation of what um, you know, chemical companies, seed companies, everyone is doing, where their developments and the future is going, because that ultimately will affect our farmers, because we've all got the same customers, uh, and that'll affect us as well. And I know um, when we've spoken previously, you do such a lot of work with growers, processors, packers, and and that's also about developing your strategic projects. What are you hearing and seeing at the moment on the ground? Uh, I think this is definitely a, a time of change. I think there's a lot of uncertainty. I think uh, historically, potato farmers more than anything have you know been risk takers. Um, but it's great when the rewards are there. But I think we've had huge, great challenges. There's a lot of consolidation in the industry. Um, so what we're finding is <clears throat> there's fewer and fewer processors and packers. There's therefore they're wanting uh, fewer customers to deal with. Those therefore, you know, what we've seen this massive, great shrinkage. I was um, when my parents moved house you know, about a year ago. Dad gave me a book from the I think it was 1967, and it listed the number of potato growers in the UK and the number of hectares and the tonnage. And the amazing thing was, is you know, we've lost something like 65,000 potato growers, some crazy number like that in in the last 60 years. But the number of hectares is 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 reduced, but the number of tonnage is still the same. So I think what we're seeing is that the numbers are shrinking. I'm not going to say growers are getting more professional, but I think growers are getting more invested in you know key specialist growers and and that's sort of some of the key accounts i deal with a lot of farmers particularly root crop growers are having to be have longer term strategies be more invested in their machinery their processes and that's quite a nice thing to do because i'm sort of i work with a few growers to sort of help them along that transition how can they become more efficient what outputs do they need what what do they need to do here you know here to achieve the goals they want so we're seeing a little you know a little bit more focus from growers a lot more efficiency how can they reduce their inputs i think there's a huge talk at the moment around regenerative agriculture and how can root crops which are ultimately the devil how can that fit in nicely with you know regenerative strategies uh, strategies uh, landlords as well are being more sensitive to who they're renting their their land to and obviously with with potatoes in particular huge huge proportion of the land is is on a sort of a one year or very short term rental agreements 
so we're saying land availability is a big big topic staff you know getting quality workers is again a real challenge so we sort of we're being pushed how can we mechanize certain processes you know, can we remove people and automate whether that's removing stone or clod or how can we make certain processes less labor intensive so i think that's so so really it's i focus on three things when i talk to farmers time effort and money and I think really, I think they're the key things that farmers are looking to do, either save or make more of. So time, effort, money. Um, and a lot of that revolves around labour at the moment, availability of labour. So, yeah, big, big challenges going on at the moment. And I know one of the things that as a company you're really good at is is innovating and listening to that feedback and, and sort of coming up with those solutions. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you produced the first potato production system for a six metre controlled traffic farming system tell yes. us how that came about and and the detail behind that I really love working on that project. So it was a grower in Cambridgeshire called PX Farms. Um, so James Peck, incredible grower, big focus on sugar beet and cereals. And uh, one of the challenges he, he had, he said, look, I, I run a haulage fleet. I want to make this integrate you know, and use my trucks all year round. And actually potatoes at the time, there was an opportunity for him to grow potatoes. But because everything he'd else he'd done in his business was around a six metre controlled traffic farming system, it was a, how the hell do we make this fit in with, uh, with potatoes, which usually work in a 1.83 or a two meter kind of system so um yeah it started off as a, a couple of conversations and then i realized hold on there's we didn't have stone in the soil to deal with so that made life a lot easier so we ended up looking at some of the the equipment that was used in north america some of the equipment that's used in um, certainly eastern germany and certain parts of the world and we thought hold on we can actually make some of this work and but it was making it all integrate with the equipment we had so we had a very very short time scale so uh, we first started talking about the project in december December and we had equipment working in the field by the 1st of April. So we were lucky enough, we managed to draw on our experiences from other parts of the world, bring it together, do a bit of clever maths. And and what I had to do, because um, PX Farms had never grown potatoes before, I had to work with them and actually really detail of this is how we have to plant the field. This is how we, and James Peck was brilliant. He kept pushing and challenging me all the time, which was great. So how can we plant every square centimetre of that field? And I came up with the whole system for doing it. So no, it was really, really good. So everything fitted in. So when he did his cultivations for his next, crop the tram lines are in the, or the, the roadways everything was in the right place every single time so yeah no, that was nice um yeah, there was a bit of media coverage over that um you know I, I like those challenges when people say you can't do something that's almost like a red rag to a bowl it's like okay I'll, i will make it work and uh, yeah i enjoyed that it was good fun what's been the latest thing that somebody said you you can't do and that you're now trying to combat I don't know that there's 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 a few and not say the latest one but the best one I think and I always tell this story and um even told it yesterday to someone was a, when someone said you can't get a uh, a GT170 as a as a potato harvester trail potato harvester we make for many years someone said you can't get one of those in a shipping container I proved them wrong and uh, you know and I've done it on many occasions so I don't know there's lots of little challenges I can't think of you know sort of too many sort of other exciting ones but yeah little things like that like that'll never work I'll I'll make it work you know that's that's what really gets me motivated and going back to you know probably why i came into the industry it's it's ultimately around problem solving and when people ask me what do you do as a job i say well i solve people's problems that's what i do you know whether it's a machinery whether it's a system whether it's finding information that's really what i'm here to do so i support the sales team a lot in finding information solving their problems quite mundane stuff sometimes but it allows them to to do their job and, and keep their customers happy which is ultimately what it's all about and um, are you working on any new innovations at the moment, any new products, you know, machines, equipment coming through the market? 
Uh, yeah, and then there was a few. There's a few things. Few things we can talk about. Few things we we can't. I think there's some really big challenges with the industry seen in the past few years. You know, loss of diquat and, and topping of potatoes is obviously a huge topic. I think um, so. There's there's things we're looking at there. You know, whether it's new 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 product developments or how can we we can improve the the quicker the kill, killing of the potatoes so there's lots of things we're looking at there uh, there's natural evolutions of machines so we've launched a couple of uh, new products recently around trailed harvesters and that's another thing i get involved quite, quite a lot with so we'll have workshops with uh, a good example i took 12 growers from all across england scotland and, and ireland over to our factory last november because we feel it's really important to get close to our customers and understand what we want so we had a nice two-day workshop there yeah really sort of to, to lead into what what the industry is saying what these key customers and operators are wanting for the future because i think engineering we can develop an amazing machine that's great on paper but if we've not linked that back to what the market and the customers and the users want so so i think that's what we're, we're you know we're realizing we're doing a lot of at the moment is to try to work closer with uh, you know the, the right kind of customers to help us steer our products i was in scotland last week new machines hopefully going to be launched maybe agritechnica or, or not too long after um i was sort of working on testing testing some of that so that's you know there's some things coming through in the next uh you know six to 12 months obviously with agritechnica being the end of the year that's when a lot of the big businesses trying to want to launch a lot of their products for growers listening and uh, those that are looking to sort of improve their efficiencies which is something obviously you're very prominent on what's kind of the top recommendations you're giving at the moment is it just looking and calibrating and making sure their equipment is really well maintained or is it looking at adding on new equipment what's the kind of general advice you're giving no i would say i would also say walk away from the equipment and actually get off the farm i would say that my biggest advice is and uh, i see this a lot in farming is you know, brilliant industry to be in but people often get quite uh, you know siloed in their thinking this is their world i think the best thing to do is is actually get off the farm go to something like potato europe which i believe is the something like the 6th 7th of september this year go to events like that go or go and see you know who you think are the leaders in the industry go to some of the conferences like cupra you know in cambridge at the i think something like the 12th or 13th of december and a great get off the farm talk to other people learn something be inspired and then try and bring those those ideas back um i mean a great person in the in the potato industry at the moment is uh, a young grower from north yorkshire called uh, james pick um so james is a daddy's nephew farming scholarship and and one of the things that he was looking at was how can regenerative farming link to uh, potato growing so he you know, he traveled the world and, and saw a lot of things and i say almost do a do a mini nuffield actually get off the farm and and learn a few things and bring those ideas and see what can work in your business i'd say that's probably the the best advice and then from that that will naturally lead into processes or machinery but i think first of all is is learn what's out there and what can then work for you and in terms of currently, um, you said to me earlier, you don't think there's any one season anymore. You know, there's not a season in within the vegetable and horticulture world. There's always something happening. Are you hearing this season for the potato sector? Is it challenging? Are you hearing that it's actually going quite smoothly? Any feedback on that? I think we always have challenges. I think, you know, the the average the average year is no longer does not exist anymore, you know. And what's what's the saying? Something like the average is a collection of abnormal years. So I think weather is a is a big challenge. I think we had we had some some good early season planting, as in very, very early season. So some of the guys maybe down in Suffolk uh, and Cornwall, they gone absolutely fine. And then we had that sort of um 
wet March and April time, which did cause some some serious problems. So yes, we saw late planting. I would say the big challenge with the industry seeing at the moment is coming from there's a shortage of potatoes. So a number of growers are being asked to particular processing sector. They're being asked, you know, can can you fulfill your contracts a little bit earlier? So we're noticing actually the challenges of harvesting a slightly earlier crop. So that's there are a lot of challenges. I say weather is always going to be a challenge, um, and that's why we see certainly around. Um, some of the machinery that the growers are starting to look at and starting to buy is they're wanting more capacity, not necessarily to harvest more, but to pick and choose the day. So when the weather's great, they can go out and they can go and plant 15 hectares of potatoes because they've got the capacity to do it that day. I think that's where we're seeing a slight change um, and growers being more aware of, of picking and choosing the right days because the impact of doing a bad job at spring is tenfold by the time you get to harvest and, and vice versa. You know, you are doing a bad harvest and ruining the ground will impact the following crops in the next two years. And you mentioned that regenerative agricultural word that's been used very frequently at the moment in the industry. Yeah. Is Grimmy looking at how machinery can reduce compaction? Are you looking at lighter equipment to try and help with that? Or is there anything you're doing within that regenerative agriculture environmental sphere? Um, I would say regenerative agriculture, in particularly in root crops, is is at the moment is is being very led by the UK. Um, we're very lucky we've got some brilliant partners in McCain and PepsiCo and we're all part of the potato light project. So, yes, we are looking at that. I think the first step within regenerative agriculture is not trying to reinvent the wheel and say, let's completely sell sell all your equipment and you need this new fleet of equipment. I think what we need to look at is how we can streamline machinery, um, reducing the number of inputs. You know, can, can we grow those potatoes? Do we actually need to... Uh, bed till there can we get away with shallower destoning i think it's looking at whole, that whole integration i think when i said earlier on about um, a lot of root crops are grown on a single year um rental agreement for the land i think this is it's, it's almost looking back at the previous three four years and saying at what point is it optimum for potatoes or, or carrots or anything to go into that rotation um and i i think it's also understanding the expectations of the market you know that produce coming out the end if we can grow those potatoes without destoning, without bed tilling, but what's the impact of that at harvest? What's the impact of that on, on yield? What's the impact on that of, of quality at the end? You know, what it visually looks like, how well that stores or or looks, uh, what it looks like in a bag on a supermarket shelf. So I think they're the questions that Potato Light are trying to look at. We're trying to say we're comparing a number of different uh, treatments right away from the conventional um, deep ridging, destoning, uh, bed tilling, uh, working all the way right through to direct drilling of potatoes. We can get them in the ground, but how do they? How does that crop develop? How does that crop look at the end? Um, and also, then what the economic arguments and, and benefits are of, of each of those systems. So, yes, Grimmer is looking at that, and at the moment, um, we're very, very lucky that. Um, uh, I say with a potato light project and certainly uh, McCain and PepsiCo are putting a huge amount of emphasis on their R global R&D is being done in the UK. So, yeah, we are working with them as Grimmer UK on, on that project. And, um, and that's feeding nicely into into our sort of sister companies in Germany with some of the product development. So some of the work we're looking at doing in potato light will naturally feed into sort of pre-development projects and eventually, hopefully, an end product uh, a few years down the line. And if somebody hasn't heard about, which I possibly doubt, but if they haven't heard about Potato Light, what is Potato Light and, and how's it working? 
Okay, so Potato Light is an Innovate UK funded project, approximately £4.6 million uh, uh, project working with academics such as Cranfield University, Harper Adams, a uh, number of consultants within that to well known in the root crop industry. So Philip Wright, for, you know, very well known for, 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 his, uh, for his work around soils and, uh, and compaction. Uh, studies and uh, Mark Stallam, you know, used to be at NIAB and Cuff, and they're very well known with that. And then you've got the lead industry partners with McCain, PepsiCo, and and Grimmer. And uh, you know, it, it's nice to sort of blend. So we're getting the academic parts looking and studying the soil and the soil health and and almost the resilience of that soil. How quickly does it bounce back after having the you know the hits from from growing potatoes? We've got the practical um, con consulting there from Philip Wright, for example, you know, and really explaining and understanding how the soil looks and its texture and, and, and the challenges there. Um, and then you've got the Grimmer from the machinery side. So our sort of main task within that is to say, can we can we develop a because stone going back to stone? Stone is a huge issue. 70 plus percent of UK uh, potato growing regions have a challenge of stone um, at some point in that process, whether it's in spring season or a harvest or post harvest. We need to remove that stone. Currently, we only have de-stoning really as an option or, or optical sorting at the other end. What we're saying say is, well, can we be clever in how we um, deal with that stone? So we, we're looking at dealing with it in a slightly different way. Could we maybe bury it? Could we split grade that stone and treat large stone differently from small stone? So we'd, we're exploring that um, those those challenges there. So yeah, we've got a real nice blend of people. And uh, um, shortly after this podcast will go out, um, we've got our, our meeting uh, sort of second quarter meeting to, uh, to to discuss progress and yeah it's really exciting some of the things so uh, uh, that we're doing because we've now got three trial sites the crops are growing um, so yes hopefully get some interesting uh, results from that and then the important thing I think for the farmer at the end is to look at the economics of it you know really understand that we may come up with the great most environmental friendly system with the lowest CO2 footprint in the world but if we're only yielding 50% of what they're doing at the moment and the rewards, you know, are not there at the end. It doesn't make sense. So we've always got that one eye on the economics as well. And we've got a, an independent uh, um, business there will do the uh, uh, the economic sort of analysis for us at the end, really, to sort of say uh, system A works in this scenario, system B works in this one, and really allowing growers to pick and choose the right system for the fields rather than the one cap fits all system which has always been the way for root crops now we're sort of saying actually there's another way to look at this i think it's brilliant and um we'll keep in touch obviously on that results and share them with the network that bsf have but i think it's interesting how that one cat fits all scenario we we've all known it but it's only now that we're really starting to talk about it everybody has a different environmental aspect a different soil type a different landscape different weather pattern huh? but it's taken almost economic change for us all to really significantly start looking at it so now i know you're also very involved in the agricultural engineers association tell us a little bit about that and how you got involved and, and what your role is yeah, I got involved with that. It started off as a as a, a colleague of mine uh, went along to one of the meetings. So Grimmer's been a member for a number of years, and we think it's really, really important association. Um, they do some great work, sort of lobbying government on our behalf, or very good at help finding uh, technical information when it comes to standards. Um, and also, it's a great networking event. So again, yeah, a colleague of mine uh, went along to a technical meeting, and he came back and said, "This goes completely over my head, Ed. I don't understand a single word anyone said. Maybe you should go." So I went along to that. And um, and a couple of years along the line, um, there was an opportunity for the, the vice chair um, role, and I 
think I was the only person that put my hand up. So I think I got it on. I, I didn't get it on merit. It was his last man standing, I think. And then the vice chair naturally sort of rolls into the chairman's role. So, yeah, I, I chair the technical committee, which is you know, no more than in sort of start and stop the meeting. But it's really, really good networking event. It brings together a lot of the key players in, in, in the whole of the agricultural engineering world, you know, from the huge, you know, New Holland, John Deere, Case, Class, all those kind of businesses, you know, as well as the UK manufacturers, you know, um, uh, Teagle and some of those other UK brands as well. So we real sort of nice mix of people. And then within that, we have the Farm Equipment Council, which is... Um, you know, most mostly managing directors um, on that board. I so I um, I'm a little out of place in my uh, in in my role, but it's a great networking event. You know, really talk about the industry, what the challenges are. We get some great uh, feedback from the AEA on on what's happening with the economy globally and uh, and nationally. So yeah, it, it's really really good organisation to be involved with, and and certainly I try and encourage a number of other UK manufacturers I know to really you know, the merits of, of of joining. You know, when you really need some help, really need some technical advice. They're, they're definitely there to help you and a really good organisation to be involved with. One thing that's been really evident from our conversation today and absolutely right is how important it is to, to get off the farm and, and network and get in these groups. And it's really lovely to hear that you, you commit that time to supporting growers to do the same thing. Now, before we finish up, our final question that we always have at the end of our podcast is what is your favourite dish with a potato? And as so far, nobody's managed to stay on one. They've always gone for multiple dishes, but you're very welcome to have multiple dishes. There's there's one that jumps out for me, dolphin wild potatoes, always. Um, I think steak and dolphin wild potatoes is uh, is mine and my wife's probably favourite meal. Um, but except from that, you know, roast potatoes. So, uh, you know, one sort of ritual in our house is I always uh, always cook a roast dinner for the family on a Sunday. So, uh, so yeah, I think roast, roast potatoes would certainly be up there. Fantastic. Well, thanks ever so much for all your time today, Ed, and uh, look forward to hearing about all the projects that you're working on and keep in touch. Lovely. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed listening to today's Perfecting Potatoes Together podcast, why not tune in to some of the previous episodes, which you can find on the BASF website by visiting the Perfecting Potatoes Together page. In the meantime, we wish you the best with the rest of the season and look forward to our next podcast next month.